join with me in a brief prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we ask that you would teach us to pray, that this morning, by the power of your Spirit, you would help us to understand what it means to pray, hallowed be your name. We thank you, Lord, and we pray this in your Son's name. Amen. If you ever find yourself in Montgomery, north of Wales, uh, there's a large museum my family and I often frequent. If you get the chance to visit, the story tells itself. Oddly enough, it seems that at one time they've procured a wide range of retailers and merchants. It's a ghastly and peculiar sight to the modern and civilized patron. There's an especially peculiar section of this place, which they've deemed a mall. And in this particular store, they carry all sorts of obscure novelty items and special interest things. Everything from Hello Kitty ring pops to Michael Scott bobblehead dolls. And whenever we go, my children have to stop there. They call it the toy store. Can we go to the toy store? And it doesn't matter if we try to take the escalators up or down or go around. Whenever we go, it's, can we go to that toy store? And the interesting thing is, as, as soon as you go into that store and you make your interest known by perusing one of the many weird items and aisles they have, a middle-aged man-child with a light mustache and a pair of sketchers and a ketchup-stained lanyard comes over and befriends you. They're an employee, obviously. And the, and the simple look of interest and engagement in their eyes are unmistakable. They'll look at my kid, they'll look at my boy and say to him, Man, Godzilla is great. Did you see the Battle Armor edition? Oh, that one? That's, that's King Ghidorah. And my kid, at, at, at each learned nugget of knowledge his eye widens with amazement and awe as this man-child teaches and, and exudes this wisdom meanwhile i'm over on the other side looking at the dragon ball z figurines muttering to myself oh man it's super saiyan goku my wife catches me with a weird childlike smirk and she says what and i softly reply what you know about that But the interesting thing is that the employee is so engaged with my kid, a little too engaged. And one side of me is a little bit worried because I'm like, oh, now we're never going to leave, or I'm going to be pressured into buying this $60 novelty Godzilla item that doesn't even move. And at the same time, I'm tempted to say, hey, Zach, is it okay if I come back in like 30 minutes? I mean, the, the passion, the zeal, the fervor, the conviction, the dedication through a simple childlike engagement. It didn't make sense to me until I caught a glimpse of a sign hanging in their break room. I took a picture of it for you, and you can look at it with me. You ready? This, this, is, this is what's hanging in the break room as they leave. This is what it says. A sale is not something you pursue. It's what happens to you when you are immersed in your customer. I was like, wow, isn't that truth, isn't that powerful? And 
And after I saw that, I, I put Super Saiyan Goku down and I said to myself, That's what prayer is! Prayer isn't something you simply pursue. It's what happens to you when, when you are immersed in your Creator as Father. Theodore Beza, a disciple of John Calvin, the great reformer, he said this. He said, among the fruits that faith produces, among the fruits that faith produces universally in all true Christians, we esteem the invocation of the name of God through Jesus Christ to be the principle. This is what we call prayer. What he's saying is that prayer is ultimately a fruit that buds from faith. Can prayer deepen our faith? Yes. But we will not pray unless we first know that God loves us because of the work of Christ and hears us in the name of Christ. See, if, if, if we are struggling with prayer, it means we're struggling with faith. It means we're actually struggling and trusting in God. You can't deeply trust and know and call upon the name of God Excuse me, you can't deeply trust and believe in God without at the same time having the desire to call upon His name. John Calvin himself would say that prayer is the chief exercise of faith. So, so if we lack prayer, it's probably because we lack faith. Whatever is going on in our lives, whatever circumstances, whatever decisions we're in between, whatever the context may be, if we're struggling to pray, it's probably a good sign that there are areas in our life, if not all of it, that, have, that, that are being withheld from trusting in God. You know, I think this is why the previous generation often looks upon us with a, with a bit of pity and suspicion. With all the music, with all the money, with all the talks of mission, we're not often caught engaged in prayer. But, but remember what we learned last week in those four simple words. Our Father in Heaven. We learn that prayer is done, whether it's privately or corporately, prayer is done with the community of believers in mind. Always at the forefront of our minds. It's our brothers and sisters. It's the church. It's our local church. It's the universal church. Our Father. Prayer brings us before the almighty, unapproachable God as a loving Father who is endearing, who cares, who draws near, who loves, who bends down to listen and gives his ear. And this, this God, who we can call Dad, Father, Abuji, Appa, Pops, He is in heaven and He is able to do all things, not confined by time or earth or anything that we may feel constrained with. So our, our faith and assurance is in the fact that Jesus calls us brother and sister. He intercedes for us at the right hand of God in the throne room of heaven. And this week, we're going to look at the next phrase, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we're just going to answer two simple questions. What does it mean and how do we apply? Let's get right into it. The first thing, the first thing we have to know is that hallowed be your name is not a simple statement or declaration of truth. We're not saying, God, you are holy. God, your name is holy. The phrase is not giving adoration or simply stating what is true of God's character, although those things are true. Rather, it's actually the first petition. It's an ask. It's a request. Right? A petition is something you sign and request of a higher governance to do something or change something. 
It's like when Candace comes up to you at the lunch table and asks you to sign a petition so that the cafeteria would offer vegan options. You say, get behind me, Satan. I'm just kidding. Hallowed here, when we say hallowed be your name, it's not a simple declaration of truth. It's a, it's a petition. It's a supplication. It's an ask. So hallowed means sanctify or treat as holy. But, but there are four places in the Bible where we can take a brief look to get a fuller and deeper understanding what it means exactly to hallow God and His name. The first place I'll draw our attention to is Numbers 20.12. And this is what it says. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Here we see hollow can be uh, can mean belief or synonymous to believing. Secondly, Isaiah eight twelve to thirteen, it says, "Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, Him you shall honor as holy. Let Him be your fear, and let Him be your dread." Here in this context, we can understand hollow or holy to mean fearing and honoring and being in awe, a weighty awe before God over the, our fears of man. Leviticus 10.3 Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified. And before all people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Leviticus 10 tells us that hallowed or, or treating as holy can, can mean to glorify and to, and to praise, to sanctify. And lastly, Leviticus 22, 31-32. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name that I may be sanctified among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. And here Leviticus 22, in this context, we can learn that hallowing or, or holding God's name holy means to obey Him. It's linked with obedience. So if we're going to try to, to, to take and import the depths of those scriptural understanding and meaning into what it means to hallowed be His name, we, we also know that God's name is, is synonymous to who He is. So when he, when he gave His name as Yahweh, or I Am, we know that simply means God is. If you need a name to identify Him by, it's by His eternal character. The one who was, is, and always will be, the great I Am. So then we can understand the request, the petition, the supplication of hallowed be your name as this. Our Father in heaven, our desire, our request, our petition, our supplication, what we want most of all is that you would be hallowed, meaning that you would be believed upon, that you would be feared, that you would be honored, that you would be glorified, that you would be praised, that you would be obeyed by everyone. Will you allow this to be true in my heart and in the world? That's what we're asking. When we ask, hallowed be your name, we're saying, God, would you allow this to be true and brought more and more into reality in my own heart and the hearts of men?
We're echoing Habakkuk as we pray that the whole earth would be filled with the knowledge and glory of our Father as water covers the seas. We are echoing the prayers of our Lord Jesus, who teaches us that we too can cry out to God as Abba, Father, and ask Him to be glorified, to ask Him to help us to believe Him and to trust Him, and to even ask Him that others, our family, our friends, the world, all hearts of men, would come to know Him. We're echoing the prayers of the disciples and the saints of old. We're petitioning, we're requesting, we're making supplication that God's name, that God Himself, will be hallowed in all creation. And this is the chief prayer of every Christian. You know, at one point, at one point, if you're struggling with prayer, it's probably because, at least for me, I know that I feel, when I struggle with prayer, it's probably because I start to sense a, man, I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of, of constantly asking God for things. I feel a little bit shameful. I'm, I'm sure God is a little bit annoyed. And, 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 and I, frankly, I've, I've asked for certain things for so long, or can I add new things to the list? And does God really, you know, is this His will for me? And, and, I, and I realize prayer sometimes for me can be so self-centering or so self-centered and so self-focused that it, it, it feels like an exercise that either circulates or is at a dead end. And, and, and I've actually been really, I've actually been able to learn even, even in deeper ways what prayer for the Christian is, what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples, what Jesus is trying to teach us this morning as we understand what hallowed be your name is. As we understand that praying to our God in heaven is, a, is, is with a corporate and fuller um, um, understanding of all of our, our brothers and sisters in the forefront of our minds, we also understand that, that the chief end or the chief goal of my prayers as a Christian should be before the things that I want, although they may be good and, and, and very desperately needed, it should be that God's name, that God himself would be hallowed, made holy, would be believed upon everywhere and and, and particularly in this doubtful wandering heart so the lord is teaching us this the first thing we ought to ask for as christians is that god's name would be made holy that it would be believed upon it would be feared it would be that he would be obeyed that he would be trusted in our hearts and everywhere so that takes us to the second point. How do we apply this? Well, there's two areas. First, we can uh, think about ourselves. How does it apply in our own hearts as we understand this? And second, how does it apply uh, broadly speaking? So first, this is what it means um, as we pray, as we try to apply this with this new understanding as we enter into prayer now. It, it means that we can ask our Father in the midst of our doubts and even spiritual drought. To help us to trust Him in times of uncertainty. It means that we can even come with our shaking and, and, and lacking of faith and say, God, help me to help, help me. Would you hollow your name? Would you make it holy and sanctify it in my heart? Would you help me to believe and hope in you? During those times where where, where I'm afraid. 
to believe and hope in Him when, when doing the right thing seems like a loss. To fear and honor Him before men when the easy thing to do is simply to go along with the world. It means we can ask God, our Father, to help us to glorify Him in our thoughts, in our hearts, to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, to praise Him and to sing even when we're not feeling it. Father, hallowed be your name when I'm faced with temptations. Hallowed be your name when I'm bitter. Hallowed be your name when I'm not satisfied. Hallowed be your name when I've lost. Hallowed be your name when I've won. Hallowed be your name in every nook and cranny, crevices, dark corner of my hearts, in the flooding of my thoughts and anxieties, when I'm overcome, when there's fear, when my enemy's at my front door. Would you be made holy in my thought, in my heart, in my life? Would it guide then all of my actions? God, hallowed be your name. Another way to put it is, blessed be your name. The land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. And though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. You see, praying, hallowed be your name, is a petition that also assumes that we, we actually can't believe or trust or glorify or obey Him in our own strength. The very fact we have to ask God to make Himself holy in our hearts and in our lives is to also admit as we go into repentance that, God, we, we, we struggle to, to, to believe and keep You holy. We, we struggle to trust in You. We struggle to obey You. And we need Your strength. We need You to work this in our lives. And this is our prayer as we come to You as a child, desperate, so easily distracted. This is our prayer as we sit at Your foot. This is our prayer as we enter Your throne room with much boldness, childlike heart that you would that you would make your name holy in my life secondly hallow be your name is a request that God would not simply reign in our own hearts but that he would also be believed upon and glorified and honored by all creation and by all men listen by the very nature of the gospel of Christ, prayer itself is evangelistic and missional. Let me say that. The very nature of the good news that Jesus came to die for our sins and have saved us and ransomed us in such a way that we're now children of God the Father, the very nature of this good news is evangelistic and missional. And that's why prayer itself built in within the DNA of what the gospel is and therefore what prayer in and of itself is, is, is that it's evangelistic and missional. There's a desire then for this good news to go forth. That means that the gospel is, is personal and missional all at the same time. We shouldn't have to say or distinguish or compartmentalize, hey, let's pray for one another or let's pray for missions. Although it's okay to do that. Praying in itself is deeply 
personal and deeply missional. Hallowed be your name comes with it an assumption that your heart's desire is for this good news to go forth, for it to penetrate our own lives and fill our own hearts, but also to go forth into all the hearts of men. Prayer in and of itself is missional, it's it's evangelistic. Why? Because the gospel itself assumes that this good news is to be shared and proclaimed. You know, some churches want to be a community-centered church. You can see it built into the name. Some churches want to be a missional church. And often we think we have to pick and choose. But loved ones, if we understand the gospel and are praying accordingly as the Lord Jesus has taught us, then we can be a church that is both in the local community and on the mission fields. See, the vision of the church doesn't depend on if we identify ourselves as missional or community. The better question is, are we a praying church? Because if we are, by very nature of being a praying church who understands the gospel that is both personal and outreaching to the ends of the earth, we can be a church that, 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 that truly lives out and holds dear this good news that we have in Jesus. A church that prays our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. A church that understands what it means to request and petition and ask God, would you make your name holy, is a church that understands what the gospel is, what prayer is. If not, then we don't, we don't truly understand the gospel. And that's a harsh thing to say. But if, if, if we don't understand the nature of the gospel and what prayer itself is in, in relation to this good news of Christ, then, then our lives are not gospel-centered. Our church is not gospel-focused. But if we can learn to pray, little by little, by the help of God and His Spirit, in the name of Jesus, if we can learn to pray and practice as we have faith in Him, how to pray, hallowed be your name, then our mission, our vision, whatever it may be, and its particularities and its semantics, will be undoubtedly kingdom-focused and gospel-driven. The beauty of this request of hallowed be your name, is it, is it open our eyes afresh once more to what the good news of Christ is and how that good news wants to go forth to the ends of the earth. This is what John Piper said. This is what he said. And, and you know, it's, 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 I mean, I'm sure, you know, many, many pastors, whether it's Lloyd Kim of MTW or John Piper, the, the missions pastor, get sometimes a little peeved when, when, when you have to label things as either missions or label things as local church. Because the nature of the gospel, because the nature of what a preacher should be doing, the nature of a Christian in general, built into it is missions itself. Anyways, this is what he says. I'm convinced that a great missionary movement will begin not with a new focus on the world, but with a new vision of God and then the world. What John Piper is saying is here, we want to see God's name go forth. Do you want to see missions ignited and, 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 and aflamed and people people soul one? 
Well, the first step isn't to think about the world differently or to focus on different aspects of it or think about new strategies. The, the starting point should be an understanding and a new vision of who God is. In other words, if I can link it to our topic at hand, it means we have to understand and cherish and desire. Hallowed be your name. If, if, if we can come together as a church and practice what our Lord Jesus has taught his disciples, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That missions, evangelism, reaching out, living our lives in accordance with the gospel would come as an overflow of that. So friends, loved ones, perhaps there's a call here this morning to repent for even how self-centered and selfishly we often pray. Perhaps there's a call here to repent for even the lack of faith and therefore the lack of prayer altogether. But the good news is that we can ask our Father to make His name hallowed in our lives and the lives of others. And we can ask this in Jesus' name, who He Himself, when He prays, says, Father. You know, if you're tired of seeing the same thing on the news, on your Twitter feed, on your social media, if you're enraged at hearing and seeing the same injustices being repeated without any justice or equality, then this is, this is a prayer. And has your frustration led you to a, a cynically defeated or apathetic heart that now just, with all the fatigue and all the inundation, just turns away? perhaps even turn silent to God? Are you tired of the pandemic, the politics, the people? And friend, brother or sister, will you pray now with the church all together? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Pray that God will make his name holy in the hearts of men and women, that they would believe, honor, glorify, praise, trust in him that he would be made holy. This is how Jesus prayed, and this is how Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray this morning. You join me in prayer.